So we are, are wrapping up our series this morning called Just the Right Words. Man, this has been uh, a, a great series just to walk through. You know, there are times in life where, where like there's maybe something that happens that just leaves us speechless. There's, there's maybe a pain that we feel and we can't find the words to capture the, the emotion that it's left us with. There's like this joy, like the birth of a child or, or you know, just some way that the Lord has blessed or a new job. There are some times where in life you are just speechless because of the magnitude of the moment. And what we found in this series is that the book of Psalms gives words to those emotions and those feelings that sometimes we have a difficult time finding just the right words for. And, and we, we, we see that this is an important, like through all of scripture, through the Psalms, kind of they coach us how to deal and how to work through our emotions. And I think this is important because when we look out into the world, our world gives us a couple of different ways to do this. And in my opinion, neither one of them are really the, the healthiest way uh, to, to deal with them. The, the first way that, that our culture teaches us to deal with our emotions is just to ignore them, to, to bury them down deep. You know, for reasons that we don't have time to get into today, many people are uncomfortable with their feelings. They're afraid of them. And so instead of dealing with them head on, they bury their feelings. But as we know, buried feelings come back up. They don't stay in the grave that we try to put them in. Um, they unfortunately, you know, resurrect and they come back to, to haunt us. They're like zombie emotions that just keep coming back. And the reason is because they are left unresolved. Now, just a little side note here. Kids, I know that you have a little sheet right now that you are taking notes on um, and you can draw something. Uh, maybe you want to draw like zombie emotions and what that might look like. Or uh, there may be like a little thing. Does Sean say zombie today? I just said it again. Maybe it's on there. I don't know. Okay, moving on. So that's one way. You just bury them, ignore them, hope that they go away. But if you've tried that, you know, it, it doesn't happen. Um, it's because they're unresolved. The other way that our culture tends to treat feelings is on the opposite end of that spectrum. Many people in our, in our culture, they idolize their feelings. They, they lift their feelings up to a place of, of sovereignty. They don't bury them. They build their life on their feelings. It is like their truth. What they feel in the moment is what is most true to them. And so to try to to try to do something with them other than just embrace them and live them out is to like ignore their truth. It's to actually uh, keep them from, from like self-actualization. And so in their mind to filter their feelings, to, to limit them, to, to, to work through them is, is actually a way of holding them back from who they truly are. And the problem with that is that our feelings are arbitrary, right? Like they betray us all the time, which means that they make a terrible foundation <laughs> to build our life upon. But scripture points us to another way. And we've seen it throughout the book of Psalms. The, the psalmists do not ignore feelings. They don't just bury them or pretend like they don't exist. They also don't idolize their feelings up to like the position and the authority of God himself. Instead, they pray through their feelings. 
Tim Keller puts it like this. I think this is really good. The psalmist processed their feelings in the presence of God. They process their feelings in the presence of God. And as they do, we've seen that they find a firmer foundation to stand upon and that God and his presence and his word kind of lead them to a healthy way of dealing with their emotions. And as we read these Psalms, if we found, hopefully you have, like I have, a healthy way to deal with our own emotions. And so as we close out our series in the Psalms this morning at our East Campus and and online, we're going to be looking today at words of guidance. And so if you have a Bible or a Bible app that you like to use, turn with me to Psalm chapter 119. Psalm 119. It's going to be our main text for today. Several years ago, uh, a guy named Richard Foster wrote uh, a, what has really become a spiritual classic. Uh, many of you may have read it. If you haven't, I encourage you to pick it up. It's called The Celebration of Discipline. It's about how to practice the spiritual disciplines in, in, your, in your life to lead you, you know, not to earn God's favor, but to lead you to a place of kind of this contemplative spirituality where your soul and your heart finds rest in, in the Lord. And and in the study guide for that book, uh, Foster writes something that that I think is pretty profound for us. He says, the mind will always take on an order that conforms to the order of whatever it concentrates upon. Uh, Let me read that again. The mind will always take on an order that conforms to the order of whatever it concentrates upon. In other words, whatever you spend time concentrating on, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shape your mind. It's going to work its way into your heart, and it's eventually going to come out. It, it, it sticks with you. And, it, and if you're sitting here thinking, well, is that true? I'm not really sure. Let me see if you've ever had an, a, a, something like this happen to you. Uh, when my girls, who are sitting right down there this morning, this is her first time back in church in four months. Yes, Nora's waving hi. That's totally a Nora thing to do. Um, when, when they were younger, they loved Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Loved Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Like they watched it all the time. Anybody else in here, you're, you're just, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is on. I see a hand. Yep. It's probably not by choice. It's because you love your kids, right? Yeah. And, and so that, if, since they watched Mickey Mouse Clubhouse all the time, that meant that, you know, we watched Mickey Mouse Clubhouse all the time. And, uh, and so I was standing in line one day at Dairy Queen waiting to have ice cream with a friend. And I got there a little bit early. And so I thought I'd go ahead and place my order. And um, I'm humming a tune in, in my head, not really you know, giving much thought to it. And I finally make my way up to the counter. And the, the lady um, who was taking my order, she leaned over and she said, were you just whistling the theme song to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? <laughs> and I realized in that moment, oh my goodness, I was. Like I am a grown man whistling the theme song to a kid's show in the middle of Dairy Queen. And I was completely oblivious to it. Now, to my defense, it's a very catchy song. A very catchy, like, it's just one of those that you snap, you tap your finger, it just, it gets in your head. But I think it also illustrates this truth, that that whatever our minds begin to absorb, it, it works its way into us, and it's eventually going to come out, whether we want it to or not, whether we realize it or not, it's going 
to come out. And my guess is that you've probably had a time like that. There's probably been a time when you were trying to concentrate on something and and this thought from out of the blue comes into your mind and now all of a sudden you're distracted. This thought of something that you forgot to do or that you did do that you wish that you wouldn't have. This thought that maybe even all the way back from childhood comes flooding back in and all of a sudden you're like wrestling with all of these anxieties and insecurities and, and, and pain. And you're like, where in the world did that come from? My guess is that maybe you've even had a, a time in your life where you've sat down and you're like, Lord, I'm gonna spend some time in prayer. I'm gonna spend some time reading your word. And the next thing you know, what's going through your head is the storyline of that book that you're reading or that show that you're binging or maybe that game that you're playing like Animal Crossing, which is incredibly addictive. <laughs> Um, just a little side note, if you play, come visit our island. Um, it's, we call it Adioraville. You can pick some apples, fish in some of our streams. We'd love to, love to have you. Any Animal Crossing fans? Okay, yeah, moving on. Uh, so the, <laughs> I think that this happens all the time because whatever we, we spend time concentrating on, it just gets stuck in our mind. It, it moves down deeper into our soul and it, and it eventually comes out in, in, in times that uh, catch us off guard. I think maybe another way to put this is what you consume will eventually consume you. That what you consume will eventually consume you. And it's funny when it's something like a theme song or a game, but it's not as funny when it's an emotion like anger, anxiety, or fear. When you're consumed by a deep hurt that just won't heal. When there's a sin pattern that continues to consume your heart and your mind. An addiction, an addiction to to alcohol, an addiction to pornography, a relationship that you keep running back to even though you know it's toxic. But you just can't seem to pull away from it. And being consumed by these things has a way of devouring your peace and your joy. And not just in your life, but even those that you're surrounded by. And you can ignore those feelings. And you can try to bury them. You can idolize them and allow your life to be shaped by them. Or you can take the approach of the psalmist And you can process your feelings in the presence of God. And in Psalm 119, we see the author point to God's word as the guidance that we need to help us uh, deal with these things in in a healthy way. Look at what he writes, beginning in verse 19. He says, I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. Now, there's no author that's mentioned to Psalm 119. Oftentimes at the, at the beginning of it, just right underneath, you'll see a little heading, you know, a psalm of so-and-so. But we, we kind of know, and, and most scholars agree, that this is a psalm written by David. And the tone that it has is that it is written to his children to emphasize the importance and the value of living God's way to emphasize the importance of God's law, God's word in their life. This is a letter that reveals the heart of a father 
and what he wants his children to know about this book. And it is, and it is written in incredibly poetic language. There is a lot of thought and energy and effort that went into writing this book. It, it, it's the longest uh, chapter in entire scripture, 170, I think six verses, all but three of them talk about the importance of God's word. And, and in this passage, you, if you have your Bible open, you may notice it kind of has like different headings, alphabet, it goes on. Those, it, it is written alphabetically. And underneath each of those stanzas, each line begins with that letter. This is a masterpiece tribute to the beauty and the value of God's word. And, and it's interesting that as David is writing this and about the importance that this word gives us in guidance for our life, I think it's interesting that David in verse 19, who is king of Israel, he is the king of Israel, he refers to himself as a stranger here on earth. In, in Hebrew, that word stranger means resident alien. It's a theme that's found throughout the Old and New Testament to describe those who, who follow God's ways. And, and I think it's, it's very ironic that the king feels like a foreigner in his own land. He's saying that he feels like a stranger who resides in a foreign land, who, who recognizes that this world is not his home. And because of that, he goes on and he says in verse 20 that he is consumed with longing for God's word. There is this aching inside of him. The, the language here suggests um, kind of that same feeling that you have when you're homesick. There is a longing for something familiar inside of you, a longing just to go to a place of comfort and peace, a place that is good and right and that is known and so David is saying that he longs for God's word in that way. They give him peace and assurance. He says in verse 24, your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. David desires God's word because it gives him guidance as he walks through unfamiliar territory. And then finally, maybe one of the most famous passages in this chapter he says in verse 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. And David knows what it is like to walk in darkness. He knows what it's like to, to walk down the path of spiritual and emotional death. The one who wrote in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, is the same one that we see at times consumed by fear and anxiety and jealousy. David knows what it's like to walk down the other path. And, and I think in Psalm 119, kind of this, this pinnacle work of all of, of his writings I think that David is taking a step back and he is evaluating where these two paths lead. And David concludes this. He would rather consume God's word than be consumed by the things of this world. David would rather eat this book up, be consumed by God's word, than be consumed by the things of this world. So as we close this morning, man, I just want to invite all of us to kind of do that same exercise. 
to pause, to take a step back, and to do some reflection and self-evaluation of our own. And so here's what I want you to do, whether you're sitting in here this morning or you're sitting on your couch. I want you just to take a deep breath, loosen your shoulders, relax your hips, uncross your arms, let them kind of dangle. And allow me to ask a few questions this morning to you. What's consuming you today? If you had to identify something, what would you say it is? What is consuming you today? What situation or emotion is so prevalent in your mind that it is causing your heart to fear, for you to be angry, or for you to worry? Is there something feeding those emotions today that you need to deal with? Is there something that you are consuming that is consuming you and leading you down a path you no longer want to walk on? Is there something that is robbing your peace and your joy like, I don't know, Facebook? (laughs) The 24-hour news cycle? It's more polarizing than ever. Or is it something deeper than that? Like an unresolved issue in a relationship or an unconfessed sin that you need to deal with? Is there stress in your job that you know you're carrying back to your home? And the last question is this. Is the Lord calling you to step away from something today? Is he calling you to step away from something, either whether just for for a brief time or once and for all, for good? Is he calling you to step away from that in order for you to recenter your heart on him to spend time consuming his word resting in his presence so that the things of this world no longer consume you David was consumed by God's word and what he only had in part we now have in full not just in scripture but in the life and the example of Jesus. You see for those of us who are living in the new covenant those of us who are followers of Jesus this psalm is not just about loving and being consumed by God's word in print it is about loving and being consumed by God's word in flesh consumed by Jesus. 
And David had the law, but we have Jesus, the fulfillment of the law. David had God's word, but we have the living word. David was counseled by, by God's wisdom, but we have the counselor living in us in the Holy Spirit. David was guided by the light of God's law, but we are guided by the light of the world. And I wonder this morning, would your life be different if you were absolutely consumed by Jesus? If you turned off the news, if you shut down Facebook, if you separated it from it all and you were consumed by God and his word, if you were consumed by the life of Jesus and living that life out. If you truly allowed the way of Jesus to guide how you live, how you love, how you forgive and how you serve others. And over the next week, Alan Burris, our director of spiritual formation, will be posting some thoughts on our Facebook page and utilizing words of scripture and the example of Jesus to guide you through dealing with the emotions that we've been talking about in this series, dealing with things like anger and fear and sadness and doubt, because you might be thinking right now, I want to do something with these. I want to process these in the presence of God, but I don't even know where to begin. And so we want to help you take those first steps. And I realized in the first service that in this moment, you know, you may have committed to God that you were going to turn off Facebook for the week. Um, and now we're asking you to go to Facebook and, and find out how to do this. We're going to find another way. Okay. We'll put that um, on our website. We'll put it on a blog uh, so you can access all of that information. But we want to help you take your next step and being more and more consumed by him. All of us have tendencies to ignore these feelings. We have tendencies to idolize them, but we wanna help you process these feelings in the presence of God so you can be less consumed by your emotions and more consumed by Jesus. And for some of you, the first step towards that is to surrender your life to the Lord, to invite Jesus to be the one who guides your life and forgives your sin. It is free to you today, that grace, he has already made it available to you today. And he's just inviting you to walk right into it. And if you're ready to make that decision, we love nothing more today than to talk to you about that. I'm going to be standing right up here at the end of the service. Please come down, find me, and we'll, we'll talk about how you can take your next step. If you're joining us online and, and you want to, to, to take that step as well, reach out to us, post something uh, in the comments, send us a message. We'll help you as well. Whatever it is, may we all surrender more to the Lord and process these things that we go through in life with him so that we may be consumed by more of Jesus. Won't you stand with me? Father, I'm grateful for your word and for your love and how it is expressed ultimately through Christ, the living word. And God, there are so many things right now in our culture, even in our own community that are just consuming many of us. Lord, I, I've seen it, I've, I've experienced it. <laughs> just, there is more anger, more worry, anxiety, more of that than, than any time I ever remember. And God, I just pray that we will evaluate the things that we are consuming 
and see if those things are just trickling down to consume us. And, and, and Lord, that we will have um, just the courage to step back from those and to pursue you more, God, as you pursue us. Father, may we, may we love you and fall in love with you more. God, may we surrender all that we have to give to you. And may we shine as a light in this world and in this community of your love and your grace, of the peace that we can have in uncertainty and the joy that we can have as we walk through this life. And we pray this in the name of Jesus.